today on Ag News Daily. So as far as our bacteria is concerned, it's going to sit and produce nitrogen, even when it senses synthetic nitrogen. And kind of all it understands is I'm supposed to do that in the perpetuity. I'm supposed to do it as long as I'm alive. That's my sole purpose. Well, happy New Year's, listeners. The Ag News Daily Podcast today, hosted by Delaney Howell, Tanner Winterhoff. Can I say Delaney Howell? I, I never did ask. Delaney, it's mm-hmm. 2023. Do I need to transition that over? Yes. Thank you for putting me on the spot with that one, Tanner. <laughs> Delaney, Tanner and Delaney here, hosting Ag News mm-hmm. Daily. We're looking January 3rd, 2023 for show of the new year. Did you make it to the ball drop, Delaney? Well, I was in an Uber when it struck midnight, and that's okay. I was heading home. <laughs> so I guess, <laughs> yeah. Good. good that you were safe and using an Uber. That's a good thing for all of our listeners to be doing. We had uh, a family game night, so we were at home playing games, and we actually watched the Nashville music note drop instead of the ball. Oh, does that happen at a different time of the night? No, that was also at midnight. Just when the ball dropped in New York City, we were still watching the football game. So we missed the 11 o'clock ball drop and then chose to watch the music note at midnight okay well we celebrated the irish new year's eve at 6 p.m central time because that was midnight in ireland so i think that counts right (laughs) that's pretty close that is pretty close hopefully delaney the irish are not having the weather our friends in nebraska are having they've got some winter storm warnings that are still remaining in effect today according to the national weather service western and central nebraska could see another seven inches of snow in some of the areas and then the worst part is winds gusting up to 35 miles per hour travel is expected to be extremely dangerous in that part of the nation also when you get into eastern nebraska northwestern iowa that snow turns into a potential ice storm the ice storm warning has been issued with an additional of potential for snow on top of that quarter inch of ice followed by maybe four inches of snow extending through 6 a.m on Wednesday. So hopefully everybody stays safe. We'd like our livestock producers to not have to deal with any extra headaches. But if you're in the northwestern corner of Iowa and most of Nebraska, it could be a little bit difficult for you the next couple of days. Yes. And while we're on the topic of weather here, Tanner, of course, our winter wheat producing friends to the north are continuing to see declining uh, crop conditions. Damage to the Southern Plain crops and forage in 2022 had no easing from season to season and already for the 2023 growing season, we're seeing winter wheat production down significantly, down 14% from a year ago because of the drought. And the 22-23 winter wheat crop is off to a tough start, as you just mentioned there. According to the NOAA quarterly weather impact report for the fall season, which is September, October, and November, they noted that winter wheat has the largest poor to very poor ratings in the past 20 years. And they're suggesting that that will likely follow suit here into the new year, Tanner. Yeah, that's certainly something that we will watch. We've talked wheat a lot with the Ukrainian production being cut back as well. So we'll see how things shape up there. Kids are back to school in most areas today, Delaney, and so is Congress. The freshman members of Congress are starting here on January 3rd. It may feel like a first day of school for them as they try to figure out what Washington is all about and how they navigate the corridors and get caught up on their really long list to do. This is, of course, also the day that our new House Speaker vote is set for. 
or planning is set for. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see as things go there. A lot of these legislatures have already come out today via Twitter and made their posts honored to serve, excited to get the day started. Uh, a lot of discussion around this. But of course, one of the items to focus on for agriculture this year is the farm bill. So we'll be interested to see if any changes happen to the ag committee themselves. But since the moment these legislatures have won their elections, both men and women have now been battling a fury of logistics to make sure they get there as well as handling the hiring process for their aides. Delaney, this is going to be one of the most historically diverse Congresses set up with a record-setting number of women, Latino members, and members who identify as LGBTQ. The record-breaking 149 women will serve in the House and Senate combined, including a record-breaking 42 female Republicans. So uh, another interesting thing for us to watch, but it is their first day of school, nonetheless. Yes, and... Tanner, on the second to last day of the year, we saw Congress take some big moves when it came to revamping WOTUS once again. Uh, on the second to last day of the year, we saw that the Biden administration, specifically Congress, finalized regulations that would repeal the Trump era changes to WOTUS and puts us back to the Obama administration's version of what WOTUS looks like, which was a much more stringent version of what was defined as a wetland, including streams, wetlands, and other waterways, which protects hundreds of thousands of streams compared to the Trump era rule. And this definitely is a mixed bag for agriculture. Quite a few folks are questioning, Tanner, whether or not Congress has the official jurisdiction to do this and make this move or not. But regardless, that is currently where things sit as of right now. Of course, uh, aid groups like the American Farm Bureau Federation are not particularly happy about this and have shared as such, and that they are uh, continuing to work with the EPA to try to see what's going on here and whether or not Congress actually has the jurisdiction to do this, Tanner. But this was definitely a big move that Congress took right at the end of the year here. Yeah, I had seen that headline as well. I'm glad that you touched on that. We'll just didn't see if what decisions were made stay in place. The U.S. is also in discussions right now with South Korea, trying to figure out ways to deter Kim Jong-un's regime from using nuclear weapons. The North Koreans have now brandished that they have nuclear power as well as missiles with range to carry that technology, according to the National Security Council spokesperson. Biden and South Korean counterpart had met in Cambodia last year, and they had talked about the plans to effectively coordinate responses in a range of scenarios, including nuclear war by North Korea. The spokesperson also said that the two nations aren't discussing joint nuclear exercises because South Korea is a non-nuclear weapon state. Delaney, I think I had known that, but I wanted to make sure our listeners understood that as well. You can't have a joint exercise if not both nations have the same weapons category. So that would thrust the U.S. right into the limelight if there was to be demonstrations or drills done related to uh, nuclear weapons because they would be the sole provider for South Korea as those are put in place. On Biden, on Monday, Biden said that he's currently discussing the joint nuclear exercises with South Korea 
and the government wants to take a more active role in managing atomic weapons in the Korean Peninsula. The National Security Council spokesperson said the U.S. is fully committed to this alliance with South Korea and will provide extended deterrence through the full range of U.S. defense capabilities without disrupting the national warfare law. So it's quite interesting here as you get one comment from the president as far as joint drills go, Delaney, and then the spokesperson for the National Security Council issuing a comment stating that it wouldn't be considered joint. So we'll have to see here in the next coming days what types of maneuvers are taking place to deter North Korea from any type of advancement on the nuclear war front. Well, Tanner, Brazil has given a big win to the U.S. ethanol export market after a 20% tariff on U.S. ethanol exports were set to begin January 1st. Brazil has officially suspended those as the two countries pledged to continue working on a longer term solution for trade relationships. According to CEO of the Renewable Fuels Association, Jeff Cooper, he said that the Brazilian government has suspended this and very excited by this extension. He said, quote, this extension buys us some time and gives us some breathing room to work with the new administration on a longer term permanent resolution to that tariff. And our goal, of course, is to have it removed entirely. So with the new administration stepping into office there in Brazil, Tanner, that has been seen as a little bit of a positive here for U.S. agriculture as a new administration will hopefully lead to expanded trade with Brazil and potentially a new trade deal in place. Yeah, that is good news. I like extended contracts. It provides a little bit more predictability for our markets. Looking at the year 2022 in reflection, the index of agriculture prices rose 4.5% month to month from November to December. That is a 23% hike from December of 2021, according to the USDA in their most recent report. The November prices received their index rating of 133.4. That's up from 127.7 in October and 108.8 in November of 2021. So some substantial gains there, Delaney. But a majority of these gains were actually found in the vegetable and melon markets. They received a 27% month and a 75% year-over-year gain, according to this data. When you look at grains and oil seeds, their index was up 1.5% from November to December. Oil seeds saw a 15% gain on an annual basis. Livestock production prices only rose 3.2% month-over-month, but that was a 30% increase year-over-year. So as you look, overall food and commodity prices received respectively 8.6% monthly gain, according to the USDA report. But a majority of that delaney, like I said, was driven by the vegetable and melon markets, which I haven't paid that close attention to in the grocery store, but I'm sure it's fairly accurate. Yes. And we did also see a report reflected by CoBank on the latest quarterly report looking at U.S. animal protein consumption specifically, and they said despite some big shifts in consumer eating habits and record high feed costs, as well as labor shortages and supply chain log jams, the protein industry continued to remain at some of the most profitable levels in years. Not necessarily profitable for the producers, but definitely seeing continued high demand for 
U.S. protein. And uh, even with the declining rate wages, they're saying protein is still on the dinner plate. Now, whether or not that shifts here in 2020 three is going to be the big question. But over the past two years, red meat demand has remained the same and consistent despite some of the highest inflation that we've seen in more than 40 years, Tanner. Yeah, that, uh, that is certainly, and hopefully, uh, again, continues to, continues to maintain some predictability for our producers. So I have one last headline, just a short story here before wrapping up the first set of news that I can bring for 2023. The Texas Wildlife Department stated that more than 8,000 homes were saved from wildfires during 2022. And they said a lot of that defense came from the homeowners themselves, from using areas of materials that are fire resistant, as well as what the property owners do in the immediate surrounding areas of their home stated if you take mulch and flammable materials away from the exterior of your home and replace it with rock for five to ten feet that has such a huge impact but it's nice to see here that according to the forest services that over eight thousand homes were protected and the homeowners were the first line of defense of course fire departments being staffed adequately and having proper equipment can keep wildfires from turning catastrophic but i know that we reported on a ton of wildfires throughout the year of 2022 and we hope that trend does not continue for 2023 but it does look like these small changes that homeowners can make structurally to their property and keeping their yards and clean and roofs clean of flammable vegetation can help continue to protect those homes that are in the way of potential wildfire zones well tina i tell you what i don't have any other news for today aside from chatting markets what about you that's it let's get into it Fantastic. Well, as we head into the first trading session here of 2023, take a look at March corn here, which is opening bell here at 678 and a half. New crop corn will open this morning at 610 and three quarters. Old crop soybeans in the March contract will open here seven and three quarters cents higher at 1524. New crop soybeans will open right at the 1416 and three quarters mark here for the new year. Hard red winter wheat in the March contract will open at 888 on the nose. And in the livestock pits here at the opening bell, live cattle, the Feb live cattle contract will open at a buck 5790. March feeders will open at $1.8622, and February lean hogs will open here for 2023 at $87.70. Tanner, without further ado, let's kick it over to our Tech Tuesday interview today with Pivot Bio. And first Tech Tuesday interview of 2023 is Sean Blumgren of Blumgren Seeds. Here in Central Iowa, also a dealer for Pivot Bio and good friend of the Ag News Daily Podcast. Welcome, Sean. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good morning. This is exciting. So for our listeners that don't know who you are, give them a little bit of background. What do you do and uh, where are you located? So we're just outside of Ames, Iowa, uh, in between Ames and Boone, kind of near the Farm Progress show site in Central Iowa. Uh, I am a fifth generation family farmer, and I am kind of the second generation of a commercial uh, ag input business. So working with corn and soybeans, some chemical and pivot bio. 
Yes. So that's a a pretty good array of products and services that I'm sure you guys (laughs) offer there. Tell us about, as we reflect back onto 2022, how are things as far as getting, you know, logistics sorted out, getting actual supplies of all those products? What what did that look like for you? (laughs) Do we have to? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. uh, 2022, Really, since the derecho, it, it seems like agriculture has thrown us a lot of different curveballs. 2022 was a different set. So seed supplies for us were were decent. Seed supply wasn't as big of an issue, but but certainly on the on the chemical side, egg inputs was really challenging. So a lot of uh, being willing and able to change plans on the fly, be prepared for what was uh, showing up. They say possession is 90% of ownership, and I would say that was true in 2022. You can really only put together a plan with what you had physically in your inventory. Ag's a great community. A lot of people work really, really hard to pull off a successful growing season in 2022, but it was uh, certainly not without its challenges. So as we you know reflected on 2022 and we look forward to 2023, I know that you're an early adopter of a lot of technologies. What are you most excited about as we head into the next growing season? Oh, great question, Tanner. Yeah, so as I think about 2023, you know, certainly uh, it seems like the hot topic right now is tar spot. So I think in our business, we're, we're really looking at kind of how is the ag industry going to respond to a really difficult and seemingly fast spreading disease. So I think for us, um, probably a couple of things would be looking at different fungicide efficacies, uh, timing of application. And then really probably seeking to understand uh, the tar spot disease a little bit better. Kind of what, what are those weather conditions uh, that, that elevate the presence of that disease? Um, and like I said, just, just timing of application and different efficacy of products. So with obviously the wide diversity of products and services that you guys do offer, Sean, you get to see a lot of different things. And one of the things we wanted to focus on with you today is talking specifically about Pivot Bio, which seems like here over the last couple of years, the company has just blown up, Sean. Yeah, uh, Pivot's been Pivot's been a great ride. Uh, Pivot has been unique for my business. We um, We didn't actually seek Pivot Bio out. Pivot Bio was brought to us by our customers, which is um, a new experience for us. Normally in egg sales, you've got to go chase farmers down um, if you want to sell them something. And we were actually pursued by um, several of our customers that said, hey, would you go explore this technology for us and help us understand if it would be a good fit for our farm? So our relationship with Pivot goes all the way back to, I believe, the fall of 2018, we started exploring their technology and uh, kind of looking at how could we partner with our growers on understanding and adopting um, the type of technology that Pivot Bio is offering. So we are in, I believe, 2023 will actually be our fifth growing season with um, with the uh, with the tool being deployed within our uh, within our customer base. So what is that? What is the leading product that Pivot Bio offers? Yeah, great question, Tanner. So Pivot Bio um, offers a, uh, I, I believe, a very novel product. Um, there are uh, there are a set of microbes that we've known for a long time can actually capture atmospheric nitrogen and make it available to a corn plant. And unlike soybeans that that can fix their own nitrogen, corn is unable to do that. So Pivot has isolated microbes that are able to capture atmospheric nitrogen and create ammonia available to a corn plant. 
Um, and that's unique in the sense that uh, we're actually able to replace a portion of the synthetic nitrogen need of the corn plant uh, by utilizing their products. So really there's only one SKU with Pivot Bio right now. There's two different delivery methods, but both of them uh, are designed to put a colonizing uh, bacteria on the root system of the corn plant and allow that corn plant to capture uh, atmospheric nitrogen. Wow, that's really, really interesting stuff because I feel like I've heard a lot about Pivot Bio and I know to some extent what they do, but I've never really dug into the science behind it. Yes. Yeah, so the science, the science is what, in my opinion, really, um, really makes their product so unique and gives us a lot of confidence. So, so there are microbes that, that do um, this type of activity naturally, but historically what has happened when we, when we isolate nitrogen fixing bacteria, the nitrogen, sorry, not the nitrogen, but the bacteria itself typically will stop producing the enzyme that creates nitrogen when it senses synthetic nitrogen. And so it kind of makes sense from a, from a, from a bacteria standpoint, if it senses there's already nitrogen present, why would I put my limited energy towards producing um, nitrogen? And so what makes Pivot unique is they've actually understood the genetic makeup of these microbes and they're able to go in and actually flip off those switches that would suggest to the microbe that it shouldn't produce nitrogen. So as far as our bacteria is concerned, it's going to sit and produce nitrogen, even when it senses synthetic nitrogen. And kind of all it understands is I'm supposed to do that into perpetuity. I'm supposed to do it as long as I'm alive. That's my sole purpose. And so that's what makes their, their product so unique is it doesn't have that, uh, that sense to shut off when, it's, uh, when it senses that synthetic nitrogen in the same area. So as you are working with producers that maybe have never used a product like this before, in the past and want to try it out for a season what's your advice is it go all in is it is it pick a, a test plot how do you address that yeah good question tanner so i think when we think about you know utilizing um products like this it becomes very tailored to the grower um i i wish i wish it was as simple as just kind of here grab the product and go run with it but it's 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 more complex than that because nitrogen is is just one part of a very complicated algorithm in agriculture production and so for us it, it really starts just understanding what that specific producer is trying to accomplish on their farm why are they even interested in in using a product like pivot bioproven um and then and then kind of understanding how efficient they've been with their nitrogen and so for us, it really starts with understanding the grower and, and, and what they're trying to accomplish. The tricky part with, with Pivot is we're trying to replace a portion of the grower's fertilizer inputs, but it's so complex. It's not as simple as just sub one product in and sub another product out. You know, we have to set up on-farm testing. We have to know how we're going to measure the output of the product um and and ultimately like i said really look at and focus on that on that nitrogen efficiency piece to make sure that we're accomplishing the producer's goals so as you think about 2023 we discussed a little bit that tar spots was one of the big challenges you think potentially we'll see again this year but what about on the positive side what's one big thing that you're looking forward to here in 2023 sean it's a really unique time in agriculture um you know, we have obviously some pretty insane levels of input costs, but we also have the ability to be really profitable as as uh, farming operations. And so 
I, I always enjoy these times because I feel like producers are more likely to to try um, you know try new technologies and 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 new ideas on their farm because they have they have the latitude to do that. So pivot um, pivot's been a great uh, partner to us, and we continue to see farmers want to want to drive um, towards towards testing and and trying that technology. So certainly we're going to have a lot of that happening. In 2023, we have kind of the first large-scale commercial launch of the on-seed product from Pivot Bio. So historically, we've only been able to use that product as an in-furrow uh, application. We're now able to actually deliver that product on-seed. And so there's going to be a ton, at least in our business, um, uh, of on-farm trials going through the on-seed platform. So really excited about that. And frankly, the entire biological space, I think, is is kind of uh, the new frontier in ag. So so lots of product trials and, and exploration in that area as well. This Absolutely. has been great and a fantastic kickoff to 2023, Sean. If our listeners are curious about Pivot and other products that you sell, what's the best way for them to look you up? Yeah, so uh, if you want to get in contact with us, www.bloomgrimseed.com. Yeah, so www.bloomgrinseed.com uh, is the best way to get a hold of us. That's our website. And if you're interested in, in Pivot, uh, pivotbio.com, you can learn more there. There's a rep locator on their website as well. Awesome. Well, thank you for hanging out with us again. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you again. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. It's fun to talk with Sean. I've had a lot of great interactions with him, very knowledgeable. So it's glad that he could jump on here and be our first interview of 2023 to share some Tech Tuesday information with our listeners, Delaney. Absolutely. I don't know if we've ever had Pivot Bio on or if we have, it's been certainly quite some time, but they are certainly a big player in the tech space. So good to kick things off right here for the new year. Absolutely. Listeners, stick with us. We're going to have great news and stories throughout the entire year. But for today, what do you say? Should we let the listeners go? Let's let him go.